0: KC and the Sunshine Band. We'd like to have a little more. We got spoiled uh, with the sunny stretch of weather we've had in February after the cloudiest month in recorded history, January in Pittsburgh. Larry Richard with Shelby Cassese from our newsroom. Uh, By the way, if you just tuned in, Marty Griffin uh, and his wife Christine posted a great video yesterday afternoon. If you want to know kind of what happened to Marty, where he is, And what's next, it's a great way to catch up. So go to his Get Marty Facebook page or X and uh, check it out. And we thank everybody who sent well wishes to Marty. Shelby, good morning.
1: Good morning. And, yeah, definitely prayers out to Marty. We're definitely thinking about him.
0: We got a little dose of phone dependency yesterday. I I happen to be one of those who didn't have cell service. Okay. It said SOS, meaning a couple of meanings. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But while I was connected to the Wi-Fi, the internet here, Mm. I was able to text email, go to the internet. So you didn't really miss it because I don't use my phone to call during the show. Sure. However, when I got in the car... You still didn't have it? No. From 4 a.m. to about 12.30. So AT&T said it was a glitch on them trying to expand some of their... Yeah, software
1: update, right? But
0: it did bring up the subject of phone dependency
1: yeah and I was um one of the lucky ones who didn't lose cell phone service but I think still even seeing people experience it, it was still a moment of reflection for me on just how much we are just I mean you might as well take some super glue and have your phone pinned to your hand because that's how much a lot of people use it and and I was talking to Jonathan Kirsting I did a story with him yesterday about uh, with the P- Pittsburgh Technology Council about how dependent we are on our phones. And he he experienced losing service, and we were just talking about that. And, you know, the dependency we have on our phones and the way it connects us is positive. And it's like social media, positive in so many ways. We're connected to people at all, all times. We can contact people. We can look something up very quickly if we need to. But that also has, on the other side of the coin, some, a lot of negative health impacts, you know? I just saw a post today about, You know, the pressure to get back to someone when they text you. When 25 years ago, if you come home after work, you had a voicemail on your landline, and you could think, oh, I'll call them tomorrow, and that was normal.
0: Standard.
1: Totally acceptable. But now it's like they haven't gotten back to me in three hours. I need an answer on this. You know, it's it's such a double-edged sword in some ways.
0: To that point, I was having a bite to eat before my cell service kicked back on not knowing yeah when it might and it was very frustrating and then it kicked on and then I started getting all these texts yeah. well, I started answering them yeah. like they had just come in but they were old you know several hours old and people were kind of laughing at yeah. me like no I wanted to know that then <laughs> and then a woman called Samantha our producer yesterday she said she has that life alert yes. which is linked to cell phone so yes. if she had a medical issue or emergency and pressed that button, nothing would happen. Right, and
1: that's and that's really where, you know, if you lose access to your email or text, you know, that's one thing. But those are the real-life impacts to something like that happening. Or I know some 911 services, not locally, but um, elsewhere in the country were um, not able to be reached. You know, those are the types of real-life impact where we have become life is just so rooted through cell service. And that's that's really where we see that.
0: Do you recently married? Yes. Have a landline?
1: We don't have a landline. So. I, I can't. I mean, my parents got rid of the landline before we moved out because eventually it was just sales calls, and my grandpa like that's who was calling the landline, and so we said, "Grandpa, call the cell phone," and we got rid of the landline. So it, um, but cell phones. I mean, I have had to make such a conscious effort to find time to put my phone down because if not. I will be on TikTok for an hour. There goes an hour of my time. It literally idle, just doing absolutely nothing. So
0: you're not alone.
1: It's it's. I've I, my husband calls me out for it, rightfully so. But I've had to implement things where you know, okay, I come home from work and instead of sitting on my couch for an hour scrolling, my phone goes upstairs on the charger, and I go downstairs and do something not even productive. Like if I want to watch a show and and do it. Uninterrupted by so my cell phone So you
0: consciously Separate yourself I have From your to. phone um, there, are, there are a lot of people That can't do that I
1: have a policy Now that um, I tried to start In the new year Where if I'm if I'm in bed And getting ready To go to sleep Or just waking up No social media I mean I can I can shoot a last minute text But I want to focus On the book that I'm reading Or having a conversation With my husband And Scrolling and scrolling social media before you go to bed, I think, has proven to reduce the quality of your sleep. To yeah, because you
0: start getting anxious give about Give you bad things. mental health
1: impacts. So I mean, or you get so a text from your
0: spouse, where's the Drano at 10 yeah. p.m. <laughs>
1: right, you want to avoid the Drano text at 10 p.m. So um, the do not disturb mode, airplane. I mean, I've had to really find different ways because if not, I'm protecting me from me because um, I am really hooked.
0: We have a news show overnight where it's four University yes. of Pittsburgh Communication College students, and it's called KDK Next Take. And one of the things listening because I'm up early, we're driving in, is uh, one of the hosts said she spends an average of 11 hours with her phone
1: a every day. Because you get and, do you get the notification on Sundays about your yeah the you time look you and it's like yeah.
0: how much time you spend on your phone yes. All right, before we run out of time, I wanted to uh, thank you after. Next week, you're going to be headed to TV. You're working with uh, WPXI.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm a freelance there in their sports department. That's not changing. Um, You know, still going to be around there for whatever help they need. Um, But, you know, as much as I love news, sports is my deepest passion in terms of work and Just going to take the freelance route and see what happens, but going to be dedicating my time to sports. And I can't
0: wish you the best of luck.
1: Thank you. I can't thank you enough, Larry. And just, I mean, this has been my home base professionally in so many ways. I was an intern at the fan 10 years ago in college. I was here part time, which really got me started in news for a couple of years. And then I came back here as the full-time news reporter. So it's uh, emotional in so many ways because of the people here. And people like you and Sam, obviously, and Andy Lindbergh, who I've sat across every day for three years. Andy That's what Limburg. makes it tough. It's what makes it tough.
0: Well, you will be missed, but we're cheering you on, Thank and you. we'll see you next week too. Yeah. Well, while we're at it, good move, Pirates. Mitch Keller, seven, yeah, seventy-seven million dollars, five years. 15. Yeah, I you mean, know, this year. is
1: a commitment to the message that they've put out there over the last number of years of committing to your own homegrown talent and keeping guys internally. We know that the pirates um, it's tough to compete in a world where there are major league baseball teams paying one player more than your entire payroll. It's hard to, it's how do you do that? Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what their focus is, is this homegrown talent. They've had this farm system coming up for years. They're here. You know, these guys that they've said, wait and wait, because we have some talent coming up. They're here. They're starting to, Lock these guys down, and and we'll see if it pans out. You know, I I can't say that it will or not, but when you have an All Star pitcher the previous year and he's up for a new deal, I say it's a good idea to to keep him around.
0: It seems to have gone over well, and Derek Shelton, the manager, also let him know with a bottle of champagne. By mm-hmm. the way, you're the opening day pitcher too.
1: Yeah. Banner day for. Uh, mitch keller yesterday
0: and our first air of a spring training game with the pirates is tuesday here at one o'clock they're hosting the braves in bradenton and the first game on the fan is tomorrow at one i love this the, the twins down in fort myers because it means spring is here yes so it's a good sign
1: when are you going to bradenton
0: the end of uh well next month going back
1: me too. My parents are snowboarding down there. That's a great place. It's this time, I start to get the Florida itch this time of year. We always visit them once a year, at least once a year. So, can't well, wait to see thank them. Thank
0: you, down there. Shelby.
1: Thanks, Larry.
0: Shelby Cassesi. and coming up, you're going to meet our new reporter. Next, mm-hmm. we just talked to Shelby Cassesi and wish her well. She has another week, and then off to TV land. And then we are announcing our newest addition to our news team and we're excited about it because we all know her she's entering her 29th year here at kdk radio tamira rush pittsburgh person born and bred hill district and my first producer on the 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 morning show here yes you excited
2: i'm very excited
0: and for those that don't know tamira has produced john cigna then worked with me then you've worked with Mike Pintech, you've worked with Marty Griffin for what you were just telling me. I, I forgot how long, 14 years.
2: Yes, I worked with Marty for 14 years. I started here, I started as an intern as well. And then I was the overnight producer with Bob Logue for three years. And I transitioned from the overnight producer to John Sigma.
0: Bob Logue.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Can you share with us now what were under the covers? Because he always had the undercover club. The
2: undercover club.
0: But you keep that secret.
2: A lot of knowledge. Trust and believe. He so, educated a lot of people overnight.
0: So you went to IUP.
2: I graduated from IUP. I'm a, first, I'm a Penn Hills graduate. Let's start there. Okay. And then I know. I, Penn Hills,
0: <laughs> I got you. Yes,
2: yeah, so a Penn Hills graduate. And I graduated from um, IUP in 1996.
0: You know, Kathy Bergman is a Penn Hills person.
2: Yes, we have a lot of Penn Hills pe- we've yeah, had a lot, over the years. A
0: lot of good people in Penn Hills yes. I've met over the years. So this is an opportunity for you to go out and report news, <laughs> well, have yeah. to be a producer for so long.
2: Yes, I think it, I read a I posted this on Facebook, and I I read a comment from someone who that she responded and said, "Congratulations! It shouldn't have taken, taken this so long. long." And I wanted to respond to that, but I thought about it and I said, "Why?" Because Whether it took me 29 years or two days, it was when I was ready. And this is a perfect opportunity for me to make a transition. And the fruits of my labor are my children.
0: And I see that. And for those that don't know, your daughter's in the business.
2: Yes, my daughter is in Florida, in Jacksonville, and she's a news anchor there and she's been in the business since she graduated from college so she's been there probably in in the business now for like eight years eight or nine years
0: so her path to this was paved by you and she's been really successful yes and i know you're very proud of her and what did she say when you told her hey mom's gonna be a reporter too now
2: yeah she said mom it's about time and and she's very supportive you know, they all are. My son's in L.A. He's getting his master's at USC. What's um, he getting
0: his master's in? Curious. In
2: um, higher education. In higher education. Oh, good.
0: There's, there's no greater calling, I think, than educating our kids. Yes. That's awesome.
2: And Kayla is at Ohio State. The Ohio State. The? The Ohio State. Ohio she's State a University. <laughs> yeah. So my kids are the fruits of my labor of my 29-year career. Process of trying to figure this thing out. I mean you all everyone here knows me you guys. It seems like I grew With all of you you are like family to me and you guys knew I mean I was a single mom for a very long time I've been married for eight years, but I was a single mom. So I was in transition constantly so now I'm at home and I'm at a standstill of what's next for me and There's one person who is very near to my heart. She knows who she is if she's listening. I would have conversations about what I'm going to do moving forward because producing was something that I can do with my eyes closed. I started out, I mean, I could make calls in my sleep. I mean, Back when the late Bob O'Connor was mayor, I would call him at four o'clock in the morning. I was close with the people from Santorum, former, well, Senator Santorum. I knew those people. And it's like I had a connection with the city council people. So people know who I am from behind the scenes, but now it's time for me to step outside my comfort zone. And get out there and show people who I really am,
0: and tell Pittsburgh stories.
2: Exactly, and I and I'm here to tell. And it, it's it's a prime op- opportunity for me to deliver news that's fair and balanced. And sometimes we've gotten away from that. A lot of things now is opinions and people's opinions of what things should be. And, and s- I don't want to. I, I don't want to walk that line.
0: Sadly, a lot of people can't separate one from the other because it's so biased. Yes, nationally. Yes, you know, and without putting your opinion, a true journalist does that. The who, what, where, when, and why tell the story, and, and that's that,
2: be- and be and close it out. I mean, and and that's where I'm at. So it's it's a process. It's like I'm a flower blooming, and I'm and I'm well, excited look to at do you. It. <laughs> I'm excited. I really <laughs> Tamira am. So. Rush. And I'm, 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 I'm asking everyone out there to, you know, look me up on Facebook. Um, it's Tamira Cox. You can email me at Tamira, T I M I R A dot Rush R U S H at Odyssey dot com with any interesting ideas, topics, stories. I'll be glad to assist in any way.
0: So, what will your air name be now? Have you decided? I
2: have not, but I'm. You so, better
0: decide. It's I, Monday. Well,
2: <laughs> But I'm Tamara Rush. I've been Tamara Rush. I know.
0: Rush. We we all And do. that's
2: exactly who I'm going to continue. Uh,
0: okay. Well but con- thank you, Larry. Congrats to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And I, I know your
0: family it. and friends are very proud of you. This is a great opportunity and I'm sure you'll do well.
2: Thanks so and much. I appreciate nobody it.
0: Nobody earned it more than you. That's the truth. Amen. Amen to that. Tamara Rush. This is the Big K morning Show, the music of Hollywood. I love movies. I always have. Might be a good weekend to head to the movies. And I want to introduce you to somebody I met last Thursday. There was a screening of Snoop Dogg's movie, The Underdogs, which is out and streaming for the last few weeks. And I want to introduce you to the owner and chief film critic. She is the movie scene queen, Mercedes Williams, who has just arrived back home from Hollywood on the red eye how are you feeling right now Mercedes
3: (laughs) a little jet lag nobody um, warned you for that quick four-hour flight but I'm here and excited
0: yeah and it's yeah at least you get back coming this way faster than you go out but you were attending the 15th annual African American Film Critics Awards you met a lot of cool people must have been a lot of fun too
3: Yes, the ASCA Awards, which I'm a member of ASCA, proud member since um, 2020, and with birth from the pandemic is some great opportunities to have virtual roundtables with Hollywood's biggest names. Um, most importantly, ASCA Awards always sits on the premise of the Oscars. So you get to really rub arms and elbows with some of the people who will be on Hollywood's biggest stage later this year. So um, Coleman Domingo, who... Fun fact is actually being recognized for multiple films that um, he has filmed here. He did Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which had a lot of Oscar buzz, and then now um, Rustin. So we're so excited to see somebody who loved and thrived here in Pittsburgh now get on even a bigger stage.
0: Well, when I got to meet you last week, I said, oh, you know, in Pittsburgh, I say this every day of the week. You're a half person from everybody. You say, oh, yeah, I'd worked with Lynn Hayes-Freeland, who – I work with for many years. We still talk to her every Tuesday. So right. you are a Pittsburgh person, right?
3: Yes, born and raised in Pittsburgh, right in the historic Hill District um, and really transplanted and moved all around Pittsburgh, but been living here, working here, thriving here um, and really couldn't see a better place to raise my family um, as my mom did me.
0: And we were talking about and I have a big interest in the Bob Marley movie, which debuted or premiered last Wednesday, One Love. Uh, yeah, It's it's getting a lot of buzz. It's doing well. Your thoughts as a film critic.
3: So I was really excited about Bob Marley, One Love. you got to imagine that Bob Marley passed away at a tender age of 36. So to be able to see this film and watch all of the stuff that he goes through, you know, we're all human first. Um, And what you happen to see is that Bob Marley was going through a multitude of things and was exiled or left his um, beloved home of Jamaica to go to the UK only because stuff was so turbulent there at the time with two different leaders of violence, two different political stands at war. And just to see what that creative process was like for him, making some of his most iconic songs in the UK to then come back to his homeland and ultimately bring those two different political rivals together, stopping violence, promoting love, peace, joy. Um, It was really like a roller coaster that film put us on to get to see what happened with Bob Marley, and I really thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: And a lot of people don't realize that he was shot and his wife by the warring factions and almost lost his life even at a younger age, and then... Come to find out, now this isn't part of the movie, but I just happen to know, as he was getting cancer treatments, and again, you pointed out he passed at the age of 36. His last public performance was at the old Stanley Theater, which is now the Benedum here in Pittsburgh. And Rich Engler, the legendary concert promoter, became very good friends with him and the Whalers. And uh, there's always that Pittsburgh connection. But what a story. Why? What the depth of that story.
3: It's just a reminder that um, if I'm going back to the hometown advantage here, Pittsburgh continues to be a pillar and historical momentous moment here for the city. And I know that when you told me that bit of information, it also, just like the film, implored me to want to learn a little bit more about Bob Marley, his life, his legacy, his music. So to know that this is one of his last stops. It's like, oh, how great this city must be as people are even continuing to work and move about the country that Pittsburgh continues to remain a stop on any tour.
0: We're with Mercedes Williams, movie scene queen. That said, I'm curious if you know uh, August Wilson. Obviously, if you're from the Hill, you know that part of the story and the great museum that they created out of his childhood home. I actually got right. to interview him uh, when he first came on the scene were Fences as a stage performance. Denzel Washington uh, portrayed, mm-hmm. you know, the main character in that story. And then we right. had Ma Rainey's Black Bonham. You said uh, that that you're everybody, almost Oscar-worthy, it should have been, and in, in more than it right. was. Are there more August Wilson movies adaptations coming up?
3: So I'm not sure. I know that there is a stint or a run on Broadway right now. We're always excited to see August Wilson um, on a big screen. And I know that people like Denzel Washington and Viola Davis have um, propelled August Wilson even on a bigger screen after his death. Um, I want to go back for just a second because his home, his childhood home on the Hill District, fun fact, I went to Duquesne University, and when I was thinking about what I was going to do with this multi-platform journalism degree, um, my very first news package was on August Wilson's childhood home. I don't know if you remember, but um, the, he used to have a, a a moniker in front of the house, a sign for it to be in a historic landmark, and someone knocked it down just by accident. That was my first reporting live from the Hill District story. <laughs> so um, August Wilson is a family friend as well. Um, he actually has several plays. One of his plays, he has a character that is kind of sort of based on his friend, Salah Udin, who also happens to be my grandmother's brother and my maternal uncle. So there's just, again, we were talking about earlier, Those zero degrees of separation, Um, August Wilson is a Pittsburgh treasure, but also a close family friend. So anytime he does any work, and when I say he, I mean his cycle plays are either reincarnated into a motion picture or on Broadway or even – I don't know if you know this or if you've been able to attend the backyard of his childhood home as a the theater, which has some very amazing plays. It's always so good to see. I'm um, his name both on a local, a national, and a global front.
0: Mercedes Williams, owner and chief film critic, movie scene queen. How do they find you?
3: Um, You can find me on Instagram. The website is www.moviescenequeen.com. Instagram is at moviescenequeen.com. And if you are riding down, this is just new, if you are riding down Bigelow Boulevard, we just, Movie Scene Queen just adopted that portion of the highway between Bigelow and Heron and all the way downtown. So we'll be putting in pockets of love and peace of our own um, and a homage to Bob Marley over the next two years right there. So you'll also be able to see our name there as well.
0: Well, I appreciate you doing this, especially after taking the red eye from L.A. Get some sleep and have a great weekend.
3: Thank you so much. You as well. Thank you.
0: Mercedes Williams. Next time we have a storm, check out the KDK Radio Storm Center. Everything you need to know. Brought to you by Mr. Reuter. Call 412 Rooter 2 Generator Super Center and Ireland Contracting. Coming up, 10 until 2, it is Mr. Colin Dunlap. There's so much. Suddenly, there is a lot going on. You know what's a big deal to me is that moon landing, after 55 years, they finally put
4: an apparatus on the moon's surface. So a, a privatized company? Yeah. I, I heard you and Paul talking about this early when I was uh, driving in this morning, and, yeah, you're real fascinated by this. And then you said there's one coming up in the future, right? Man- it's going to be manned. landing on the
0: moon will be in 2026. And you could buy a seat on this. I'm
4: guessing rich people. No, no. I don't think this is one of those jobs going to the moon. No. Well, I, I don't know because like, you know, I just, I wondered what that submarine trying to go to the Titanic did for, for all of this, you know, there's, there's a disaster quotient for a lot of this. Whether it's if they lose going down with, or going up. With people on it, yeah. Right. But rich people, soup mega rich people. Well, you gotta be a Jeff Bezos level billionaire. Well, even those how, how rich those people were that just wanted to go up into space and they really just went up beyond a certain level. Like they were all mega rich people. Except for William Shatner. Correct. They just took him. They wanted it just a
0: document. Just because, you know, Star Trek guy.
4: Right. But <laughs> That to me, I, you know, I've got to be honest. I've got no inclination to even like watch that thing. I, I, if it's on, I'll, I'll take a look at it, but I, I won't stop what I'm doing. I'd much rather explore the, the rest of America that I haven't seen than the. I got no want or reason or rhyme to care about the moon. I know that sounds well, naive. You we know, there's a
0: generation of people living in your hometown. In Sharpsburg, that feel the same way. Only they don't want to go out of Sharpsburg.
4: Well, yeah, We're like still there's, there. There's a lot of things. Like here, here's the deal. Like I've been to Las Vegas probably 40 times in my life. I ain't ever been to Bronzville. You ever been to South Park? <laughs> yes. At, you know what? I was <laughs> To Buffalo two weeks ago. I went to South Park to do a show with Tyler Kennedy. I mean this. You know where we live I in the North that. Hills? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, South Park is only, I want to say, 17 miles away or something like that. But it seems like it's the moon. I would rather drive to Erie than drive to South Park. 88 and 51 is one of the top three worst intersections in America. I love the people there. It's great. Wonderful. They're Pittsburghers. I don't, think, I don't know how they do it every day.
0: I don't think people would take offense to that that live there. They know. They deal with it every day. I would. I would
4: rather drive to Erie from my house than drive to South Park. So what's your top story? What are you working on? The moon. <laughs> <laughs> would you be an ash If they gave you a seat on that, would you do it? Uh, no. <laughs> there may have been a point in my life. You know, I,
0: I'm an aviation person. I love... I flew with the Blue Angels. I flew
4: with the Thunderbirds. Did you ever have a pilot's license or think about it? Oh, yeah. I took lessons. Had 30 hours flight time. That's one thing I wish I could. Now, I don't care about the moon, but if I could do it over again, I'm too late to do all this and it costs a lot of money and whatever, I would have tried to get a pilot's license. That intrigues me. I don't care about the moon, but I would care about ripping around in a little Cessna. I went up with my buddy Tom, who's a helicopter pilot. Were you nervous? Not at all. It was wonderful. I flew with the
0: priest father mac he's a pilot well he's close to the big man so he's gonna be okay he flies a cardinal (laughs) that's the model name of the aircraft and we flew from newcastle to latrobe where he got to fly with the blue angels oh wow but i was a little nervous but i figured he had good connections but i was nervous because on the way back he says we got to get back there's a front coming and i don't want to run into that and i'm like he call in a favor, and you guys were... We made it. <laughs> Colin Dunlap. All right, Colin. I'll see you. By the way, check out that documentary. Oh, you got to yeah. tell him about it. Well, yeah. What was it called? Il Messagero? Il Messagero. It's a, it's a tremendous little documentary, a little gem you're going to love.